0: Welcome to the Chaos Plan, where the odds may not always be in your favor. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of The Chaos Plan. We are going to be doing my downtime days now uh, with DM Brayden helping me out with that. Uh, Currently, I sound like a frog uh, getting over a bit of a head cold, so I apologize for that. But hopefully uh, I'll be able to make it through this episode without too much coughing and hacking.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you have awoken after a harrowing event the previous day having uh, found out that the matron Marjorie of the lightwater inn was in fact a carnival hag and the elf man was a disguised demon of some kind having battled them and killed them you uh, left the ha- the uh, sort of ownership or the guardianship of the children over to the city I suppose and then... All the four of you crashed at an inn and you're waking up now currently. A bit of a sort of haze as to what happened the previous day, perhaps.
0: I would not have slept very well that night before, um, having, you know, all those guilt issues, you know, pronouncing people's dooms, taking lives that kind of stuff. Because before I had, other than the kobold, pretty much everything that I have, you know, dealt with has been animal um, or something other you know, non humans. Um, so the fact that we were actually killing stuff, I, I wasn't really thinking in the moment. So I would be having some issues with that. Um, so I would probably want to seek out the temple of the Raven Queen pretty early and just, you know, chat with somebody there and, and deal with some of the guilt.
1: Sure. While some of the others may still be sleeping and you uh, sort of head out fairly early. Uh, having not slept much you would be sort of awake at an early time maybe waking up from a scattered sleep around maybe 6 a.m which is probably normal for you bob as a human being outside of the world of dungeons and dragons
0: yeah yeah i pretty much get up at six every morning regardless
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah definitely not something that's normal to me but perhaps to you yeah uh, <laughs> You head your way across town into the temple district, eventually finding the uh, cellar doors that open up leading down to the staircase and make your way into the temple of the Raven Queen. There Uh, within the temple it's fairly early so there's definitely not that many people around but uh, sort of not one that is unfamiliar with darkness or times of night. Uh, You see the drought priestess of the Raven Queen, uh, Matron Salem, who is just standing there doing some morning prayers over the altar and effigy of this uh, thatch statue of the Raven Queen in the center of the temple.
0: Okay, yeah, I would, uh, uh, you know, wait for her to get what get down whatever she was doing, and as soon as I feel like I interrupt or whatever, get her attention. I would, um, and say that I'm I'm in need of some counsel or some some time here at the altar. I'm having difficulty rationalizing, you know, the slaughtering of people and the pronouncing of doom and all of these powers that have been given to me. You know, I'm, I'm having a hard time with that being, I'm not somebody that has had to deal with that before. So I would like to spend some time, you know, at the altar here and commune.
1: Of course, yeah. She motions for you to kneel down next to her as uh, you begin telling her this. She sort of nods patiently, listening to uh, all of your uh, worries and uh, concerns that you've had over the past few days. And she she, uh, sort of thinks about her words before she says them. She says, uh, Some people are not long for this world, and it is the natural cycle of death that takes them to the afterlife. But then there are those that walk outside of death like the being that you are describing to me, and bringing death to them and sending them back to the Outer planes is the best circumstance. It may be hard to realize that what you've done is perhaps for the best, but taking lives and issuing out death and doom is a tough thing to get acquainted to, undoubtedly. She sort of puts a palm on the center of your back and sort of gives you a warm look.
0: Okay, yeah, I would I would take her words to heart and I would probably just sit there in contemplation and meditation until somewhere close to noontime and just, you know, commune and explore these powers and, and try and really rationalize and internalize. And I, I've been playing around with the mask a little bit, you know. Um, and so when I really want to disassociate Um, like what the Harlequin says in the class stuff um, I would be wearing the mask but when I want to be Bob and I want to to deal with all of this as a person I would take the mask off so right now I would not be wearing the mask I would be dealing with this as Bob as opposed to as you know Bob from Earth as opposed to um, Bob from from this you know Bob the Warlock so I would be you know I would not have the mask on and like I said I'd stay there until probably noonish And then, um, thank the temple, and, uh, I would drop, um... Let's see, I don't have much for that. I would probably drop, um, five silver pieces at the altar as an offering, and, uh, go from there. And then, you know, head out.
1: should thank you and, um, say, uh... Remember, the choice of life and death is often in your own hands, and bringing death to those that live outside its borders... Is something that is to be proud of.
0: I would, I would nod and the. My eyes would be a little bit watery, and I put my mask on as I go back up the stairs. Uh, and I'm definitely going to be looking for those guys at the uh, Ale Father's Temple to uh, help wash away <laughs> some of this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, want some yeah. drink? <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, I would uh, definitely uh, nod my head emphatically and uh, approach the Ale Father's house to have a. <laughs> a Quick, uh, quick carby lunch before <laughs> finding some real food.
1: Oh, yeah, there's like a probably like 20 to 30 people passed out on the steps <laughs> as you're going up. But all of the clerics of the ale father have like you know, uh, bandanas on or like pairs of underwear thrown around their head, and they're always like, <laughs> Whoa, man, welcome to That's the fanta- temple.
0: That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I would I would uh, go up to whoever is offering out the holy ale and uh, have a mug, um, you know, throw it back and then uh, hand it to them in thanks uh, with a silver piece with it and uh, go from there and then head out um, to the rest of the city to uh, work on the uh, Tinker's Guild stuff because I think I put that off for too long. Sure. Uh, as you're making
1: your way towards the Tinker's Guild, Uh, walking through the streets, you see a couple of homeless people sitting down along the edges. Uh, You see a man with a metal bucket atop his head, and a sort of hessian sack for clothing, just sitting there, sort of rocking back and forth rapidly, speaking under his breath.
0: Huh. I have a bunch of copper pieces I picked up from somewhere, so I would, um, you know, when I see a homeless person that, that... actually down on their luck as opposed to their by choice, I would uh, yeah. hand them out uh, a couple copper pieces, because I think it's two copper pieces get you a meal, I think, in the player's handbook, something like that, like a real basic something. So awesome. I would probably hand out two copper pieces to, to them.
1: There's probably like a row of like three or four of them, and as okay. you begin handing them out, they're all very, very thankful. Uh, the last one, as you put the money down towards him, uh he sort of lifts his bucket up off his head and looks at you, his eyes sort of glazed white completely. And he kind of grasps for your hand, shaking violently as he says, uh, Once the sky is coloured bright, the false prophet shall mark a vicious war and the rise of a new evil. And then he just sort of stops and looks around and kind of grasps the money and he's like,
0: Oh, uh, thank, thank you. I immediately write that down I'm like "Uh, you're welcome and then I kind of let go of his hand uh, and I I write it down very very quickly I think I've got um, hey no I've got my phone with me I've got my phone so I just type it into my phone super quick um, using up a little bit of the battery life Uh, type it in the phone so that I have in the notes or something oh yeah you pull out your iPhone and begin uh, (laughs) yeah real quick typing away like ah damn autocorrect (laughs) Yeah,
1: <laughs> um, He, he, he kind of looks odd towards it and says What of
0: this magic? And I'm like, uh, it's, a, it's a magic notation device and I, I show it to him, We're just real quick show him the screen and I said, you said this prophetic thing a second ago and I want to make sure I remember it so I can type it in here but it doesn't last very long and then I'll stealthily click the side button so that it goes dark, and I'm like, oh, that's all the time I have on it for today, and then I'd put it back in my pocket.
1: <laughs> he just sort of gives you a nod and slowly lowers his bucket down over his eyes and hunches back into the corner.
0: <laughs> it's okay. Um, then, pondering that and really worrying about the new evil uh, that's about to be unleashed, um, I would uh, head towards the Tinker's Guild at, so that I can get that that Electric Motor made and my Lantern made, um, to get me a few more options on things I can do.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Uh, heading into the Tinker's Guild, uh, you got the... Uh, you're immediately greeted by the person at the front, sort of counter-ish area with all the Tinkers around everywhere, uh, readying their works for the day and preparing themselves to uh, make new innovations and whatnot. Uh, you head up the stairs or elevator, I assume there's probably an elevator of some kind, being the Tinker's Guild you head up yeah. the elevator to the uh, I believe it was the second or third floor, where you see a number of other Tinkers similar to yourself, working on their smaller projects. Uh, a elder gnome with a long beard and parted white hair is working on a small sort of mechanical toy off in the corner. And behind him, he has a Warforged man kind of looking over his shoulder.
0: Awesome. Uh, I would just find, I would kind of, you know, browse at everybody's projects um, as I was walking over to whatever workbench I was using and um, get to work, I guess.
1: Sure, yeah. You see a D&D equivalent of like a electronic whisk for eggs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> sort of mechanical crossbows of things like different things like that um a i was about to say a blender but that's pretty much exactly what i just said with the whisk of eggs
0: uh, <laughs> a, min- a mini version of that death sigh thing from from oh, yes. uh, the festival
1: <laughs> yes exactly for shaving shaving arms and hair and
0: yeah.
1: I oh, that's a- terrifying a helmet with blades on the inside that you just put the helmet on, then when you take it off, you're completely bald. That's, that's <laughs> what's being worked on. The baldinator, as oh the gnome calls it. Uh, <laughs> you make your way over to your desk where uh, you find a number of uh, arrangements of tools that you've uh, previously become acquainted with and set out to begin uh, finishing off your battery and your energy lantern. Uh, awesome. A tinker's tools check for me, if you will.
0: Yep. Uh, that was a fifteen plus two for seventeen.
1: Awesome. Uh, so continuing on where you left off with the battery, I believe is what you were going for. The um, the copper that you've started wrapping around and sort of uh, begun fostering that charge to build. You sort of troubleshoot a little bit and begin finding out ways to continue the charge and have it sort of um, sort of deliver the energy that you have within more efficiently uh, over the span of maybe a couple of hours it takes you to uh, finish this off but eventually you get it to the point where you think that you would be able to both use it and recharge it to uh, sort of uh, put within future inventions
0: awesome I like to think, since I I'm, I enjoy running and that kind of stuff, that I have some sort of, like, pedometer-type charger, so the more I step, you know, every, each step adds a little bit of charge to it or something.
1: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
0: Alright, yeah, so... Uh, and that was for the battery, right? Yes. Okay. Then, uh, how long do you think that would take? Would I have time to start on the lantern, or do you think that would take the better part of the afternoon? Uh, it's.
1: I'd say maybe it'd still be, like, a early afternoon now, so you could continue working on into the evening. Perfect timing for the energy lantern if you finish at night to test it out.
0: Okay, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. So I'll go ahead, and I'm not expecting to get done today, but I'll go ahead and roll just to see. Sure. All right. Nope. Uh, I may have sketched it out, but that's as far as I got with a five (laughs) total. Three plus two.
1: Yes. You begin your... uh, sketches of your ng lantern what exactly would it look like
0: i'm going with the um like like very classic type camping lantern with the uh you know top to it with the handle but i want to be able to like dim it you know so i've got like the hood on the front of it so it's it's yeah. very yeah very very uh, uh D hooded lantern style but but it's got that convenient little handle on the front of it
1: awesome All right. so you roll at the end of uh, finishing up your sketches, you roll them up, putting them in a backpack, and uh, what are your plans for the rest of the day?
0: Uh, The rest of the evening, I'm probably, you know, thinking about that recharging and running and stuff. I really like to, in the real world, like to run to clear my head. So I would uh, head back to my rooms in the Tinkers Guild, and I would, you know, get the equivalent of a pair of shorts or something, and I would go running just within Port City. Um, awesome. I'm going to leave the mask off, though, um, because I, I don't want to try and go you know, running through the streets in shorts and a raven mask. That would probably get me locked up. <laughs> <Yes>. but, <laughs> <laughs> so I would take that that me time when I'm not Warlock Bob, when I'm regular Bob, and I would go for a run for about an hour throughout the city. Um, just, you know, getting a feel for the place. And then uh, when I get back, uh, just have a meal and call it a night. Okay, awesome. You
1: finish up your run uh, having passed many odd and interesting people throughout the city, uh, doing a wide sort of loop around the entire of the exterior, perhaps on the interior. Um, You see the many guards that are giving you an eye and giving you a nod as you run past, working on your fitness, and uh, (laughs) you make it back to the Tinker's Guild an hour later, uh, dripping with sweat, And exhausted. Uh, Some of the other gnomes who are there, not some of the other gnomes. Some of the gnomes (laughs) who are sort of walking out from their uh, tinkering day kind of look at you and uh, a bit intrigued, uh, probably having never taken a run with their tiny little legs in their entire lives.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I would I would probably say to them, I'm like, you know, what you guys need to make is uh, a game that you can play while you're running and have different things chase you and and that kind of stuff. You know, if you can figure out a way to do that, uh, that would be a lot of fun because in real life, Bob loves his Zombies Run app and uh, <laughs> is a bit obsessed with it and would definitely miss it. You see some of the gnomes at the front kind
1: of turn their head up and, like, walk away, but there's one gnome left standing there rubbing <laughs> a small beard, just like,
0: hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic.
1: He's going to turn into a necromancer and have real zombies chasing him. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Yeah, no, then I would just head upstairs, wash up, and uh, grab some food and call it a night.
1: All right. The evening's rest comes to you a little easier, perhaps, than the previous uh, you have more dreams of ravens flying upon a darkened horizon with this dark citadel sitting atop a, a rocky crag. And eventually you wake up in the morning uh, feeling rather fresh and having a feeling that perhaps your sleep was influenced a little. Mm. Yes, yeah. influenced a little, not... Maybe put, put at ease, perhaps with your uh, previous dealings.
0: Yeah, I would be a little bit worried about that, but I wouldn't concern myself too much. A good night's sleep is a good night's sleep, regardless of the influence, you know. Um, I would first thing in the morning before doing anything else, because this would be technically we would be breaking right now uh, and, you know, running the game with Cherno uh, on the 19th um, and then on the 20th. But I would do first thing upon waking uh, or maybe the last (laughs) thing before I go to sleep last night, one of the two. You gave me that Raven Queen quill that I could, you know, write something down to the Raven Queen and possibly get a response. Um, Yes. I would write down with that quill the prophetic deal that the guy said about the new evil coming. uh, And I would write that down um, on a piece of parchment and say uh, some, I I would say, uh, a person told me this while I was walking through the street. Does it mean anything to you? Uh, and I would do that either like last thing before I go to sleep or first thing upon
1: okay just roll a d20 oh
0: god first natural one of the night Uh,
1: (laughs) uh, you write it in the book before you head to sleep and as you awaken you turn back the pages looking to the text that you wrote and uh, the text is still there but there doesn't seem to be any response
0: oh well I'll come back and check it later on okay All right, yeah. Then uh, we'll skip 19th and 20th, and then this would be morning of the 21st. All right. So then, yeah, 21st of planting. Um, Upon waking up, I'd grab a quick meal, and then my only real objective for the day would be to finish the lantern because I obviously didn't have time the last two days to do it.
1: So heading up, finishing a meal, and heading straight into the workshop. You were among the first in there. And you get immediately to work. I'll get you to make another Tinker's Tool check, but you can do so with advantage.
0: Oh, thank goodness. Last thing I need is another nat one. Oh, good (laughs) thing, too, because that was five. And that was a 13 plus two for 15. All right. So, uh, spending the majority
1: of the day sort of tinkering and working on this, you begin attaching small little flaps to the front of the lantern, get the basic sort of structure down, And towards the end, you finally, slowly and meticulously, begin putting the power charge and battery that you have created into this object. You feel a sudden spark shoot through your fingers as you place the battery in it. Quickly, uh, vaulting back, you look and you see... A small connection being made with some electricity sort of rapidly moving through that suddenly courses into the lantern and a bright light suddenly shoots out across the room
0: Yay! I would of course because I'm that kind of a guy whenever I test a flashlight I make sure that I'm pointing it in my eyes before I test it so uh, yeah I would definitely look directly into the beam of light and then blink my eyes several times realizing that was stupid and uh, uh, go from there you know jumping with joy and
1: Awesome, yeah. Uh, I'd say it's probably mid-late afternoon, so the uh, sky is beginning to darken, but as you're holding it out, everyone's pretty amazed looking around you. Uh, It's definitely bright. Very, very bright. (laughs) Uh, I believe if you were to try and overcharge it, you could attempt to blind the whole room.
0: (laughs) I probably could, but I think in a room full (laughs) of this many other deadly inventions, like the Baldinator... Everybody oh. being uh, blind yes. would not be a good idea. <laughs> everyone's
1: vision glazes over, and when they when they get their vision back, everyone's got no hair. <laughs>
0: How the hell that happen? I don't know. Oh god, that would be fun. <laughs> All right, yeah, no. Then uh, since that took most of the day, I would just uh, once again. I, I honestly like this idea that I have to charge this thing by walking and running around. So I would definitely run the batteries completely out on this energy lantern and then need to go take a run. So then I would um, go for a run and grab a bite to eat. Uh, Same same routine as last time.
1: All right. As you are running, I'll get you to roll a d20 for me. All right. (laughs) A five. I am rolling low today. So you see a very, very tall... Uh, I wonder. Oh, you know this being Bob uh, A very very tall Probably like close to 8 foot tall uh, bog man Who is just sort of looking through A book as he's walking in front of you You're kind of running or walking on the same Direction as he is while so he's walking You're running and You watch as he's flipping through this uh, This book it's sort of Bound and looks like a gilded Tome almost His sort of head uh, retracts backward a bit as he lets the time go flying and it kind of like uh, falls down onto the ground and flips open and some of the pages begin like rifling through on their own.
0: Really weird. I would, yeah, upon seeing it fall, I'd be like, oh, well, you okay? You need some help? And I'd slow down, you know, to get kind of close to him. I wouldn't touch the book, but I would definitely see what's going on.
1: He's like, oh, I don't know exactly what's going on here. I... Uh, I was just looking through my spells for tomorrow, and uh, something appears to be in my book. Something
0: Uh, is in your book?
1: It was like the ink began, like, drooping off the pages or something. I'm really new to this magic stuff. Uh, Is this meant to happen?
0: I'm very new to magic, period, but I'm not sure. Uh, Can I roll an intelligence check and see if I remember anything like that?
1: Sure, give us an Arcana check.
0: Uh, oh my god. With a whole plus zero, that is a three.
1: Oh wow, yeah. These dice,
0: I'm retiring this dice. D 20 is going away.
1: (laughs) Uh, you do not know of anything of such a thing. Thinking back over all the games you DM'd in the real world, you're not sure whether you used anything like this, or you saw anything like this in the uh, player's Handbook or the Monster Manual as per se.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm racking my brain in real life. I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head.
1: <laughs> you watch the pages continue flipping and you see some of those sort of little blobs of ink begin lifting out of the words and like traveling down the central uh, center sort of seam of the book and then like pooling into like this small little uh, sort of oozy thing at the base of the book itself
0: crazy okay um, and I'm I'm completely unarmored right now having been running it like I said just a pair of shorts but I would uh, summon my glaive um, and call my raven to me I'm sure it wouldn't be too far away but I would summon my glaive in one hand and um, my raven and uh, just kind of be wary I would probably try to actually shut the book with my glaive you know, kind of get the blade underneath of it and flip it closed. Oh, yeah. Nothing says <laughs> nothing says
1: that already, like a pair of shorts and a glove. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> uh, the fur man is just like, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, what's going on here? And uh, as you step up towards it, so as you lean down towards the strange little ink, oozy thing, Uh, You watch as passing through its blackish liquid exterior are these four almost darts of arcane energy that immediately fly up and are over around you into the night sky and then two of them pierce into you and two into your friend. Ugh! As magic missile, you take five points of force damage and uh, the other guy falls unconscious on the ground. Roll initiative for
0: me. All right, Uh, that is an eighteen plus one, so nineteen. All right. Yeah, I'm having to review all my stuff because I don't have my Harlequin mask, so I don't, I can't use half of my spells. This will be fun. This will be fun. (laughs) Present digitation. I've got one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're up first, my friend. All right, Um, I'm gonna go ahead and. Just squish the booger with my glaive. Okay. Uh, so that is um, where's my plus four. So then that would be a fifteen total. Um, yes. Eleven yes. plus four. Yes. All right. And I deal to it uh, four points of damage. Not not a whole lot, uh, but it is <laughs> magical damage for what that what that counts.
1: Okay. Awesome. So as you strike down into it. Uh, you see some of the ink within the pages of the book itself almost splatter as if like a blood splatter had gone away but the, the words almost like suddenly the ink within the words like dissipates rapidly across the page and like splatters
0: and as I slam down I'm like damn you Tom Riddle and you're a horcrux <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs>
1: Uh, the, uh, is that that the end of your turn?
0: Yeah, that's all I can do. (laughs) Okay. Oh, wait, no, wait, I get to re-roll that. Um, I get to re-roll ones and twos on damage. So, uh, and that was a two plus two, so let me re-roll that. Sure. Oh, that's so much better. That was a seven plus two, so nine points of damage. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah, uh, some of the pages begin to rip and tear, and, like, a few of them fly out rapidly. It almost looks like this strange little ink creature is bound to this book. Oh. So that'll bring us on to the Ink Creature's turn. Uh, it sort of pulls up on top of the book, kind of in a protective fashion, and it is going to cast a fire s- firebolt at you. Oh, you're you're too close to that actually. It'll lash you. So you watch the ink begin to like turn into like a strange wave suddenly, and this uh, pseudopod almost lashes out like a whip, and then like strikes against you. Well, it will try, at least. Oh, with a 19 to hit.
0: Yeah, that definitely hits. Oh, three points of slashing damage. Alright. Down to 18. Yeah, and I realize that my armor class doesn't actually go down, because the uh, I have the unarmored defense thing that the uh, Harlequin gets, so I'm still at a 13. Awesome. Yeah. Very handy. (laughs) Yes, it is. Oh, wait, no, it does go down by one point, because my dex is only a plus one. Oh, no, it's charisma, by charisma, so I'm good to go. Alright, so...
1: Uh, That'll bring us on to the Furbog man, who will roll a death save, and he fails his
0: first one. Uh, If he fails one more, I'm going to have to stabilize him. Uh, Uh, That'll bring us to you. Yeah, I'm going to... God, I can't use any of my Harlequin stuff, so I'm going to go ahead and just repeat what I did last time, and stab at it with the glaive. And that was a 16 to hit this time. Bad hits. And that is another 7, so 9 points of damage total.
1: Alright, you bring your glaive up into the air and strike down onto the book, completely separating it in half, and you watch as the ink goes from this uh, sort of blob above it to a smattering of sort of blackish uh, ink across the pages themselves and the book looked drenched completely in this black ink, but the thing doesn't appear to be animate anymore. Okay, then I immediately stabilize the Furbolg. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> touch down on the furbog, and he his uh, breathing stops becoming so uh, rapid and he
0: slowly lulls into a sleep. Okay, I would uh, shout to try and get the attention of a cleric or uh, somebody official looking, and uh, get the guy some help. Once he's got help, then I would uh, head back. Oh, no, first I would take a page of the book and I would soak up some of that ink and kind of roll it up uh, and take it with me for study later, and um, then head back uh, to get washed up and a meal and go to bed.
1: Okay. I'd say you'd call over, you'd see a half-hungover uh, cleric of the ale father who <laughs> rushes over and is like, whoa, we need to wake this up, and pours a mug of ale down his unconscious throat. <laughs> Which would have healing properties, of course. Yes, and, exactly, yeah. And uh, he would awaken, sort of spitting out the ale and sort of uh, a bit confused with the whole situation.
0: Okay, I would, <laughs> I would say good luck, buddy, you're in good hands now. And I would say, good, and I would resist the air quotes. I would resist that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. You make your way back to the Tinker's Guild. Continuing your run, or do you just head straight back?
0: I would head straight back. I'm guessing at this point I'm probably covered in ink um, and everything else. So I would unsummon my glaive, and I would jog back, probably. But I I would end the run as soon as I got to the Tinker's
1: Guild. Yes. Your body is looking like a Rorschach painting as you, uh, continue back towards the guild.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah, then I would just get back, clean up as best I'm able to, and call it a night.
1: Okay, another sleep meets you this time, not with dreams of the strange citadel and the dark plane, but just darkness completely as you are, uh, taken by unconsciousness and wake up the next morning feeling
0: refreshed okay then uh probably for this morning because i think this is the 22nd so this will be the last day that we record on um for downtime so i would first probably go to the temple and uh chat with uh the folks there you know do my you know pay my homage and all that kind of stuff to the the raven queen and i uh i'm running low on cash a little bit so i would just drop this time uh I would drop a whole gold um, at the temple today um, and pay my respects and all that kind of stuff to the Raven Queen. Um, Mm. Yeah, and then uh, after that, I'm probably going to want to... Actually, when I'm on my way to the temple and when I'm on my way back, I'm going to start looking for a tattoo shop um, because I've got some plans for the future and tattoos are involved.
1: Awesome. Uh, Sure. Uh, Give me a perception check, perhaps. Okay.
0: Ah, this dice is much better. That is a 15 plus shooby-doo, just 15.
1: Okay, as you are looking for a tattoo shop, you kind of like gaze your uh, eyes down some alleyways and off the beaten path, and you see a leather flap that a man exits out of. He looks to be holding uh, a sort of clean bandage over what you can see to be... Similar ink splotches to what you received the previous evening, but in a more colourful pattern. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Uh, Approaching, you'd see within a bald uh, human woman who is sitting on a stool with a man that's kind of uh, hunched over the top of a, like a desk, but like something that would just sort of... uh, hold his chest where he could like have his uh lats and everything out as far as possible so he'd have his back spread for the maximum amount of artwork and she would be using the classic uh whatever the the stick
0: the classic
1: tattoo stick or sticking i think it's called
0: yeah i think so that is fantastic I would uh, definitely be very appreciative of her technique and what she's doing, and checking all this kind of stuff out. And I would wait till she gets done. You know, I wouldn't like hover right there, but um, I'd wait till she gets done, and uh, then I'd uh, approach her.
1: So uh, another probably forty-five minutes or so goes before uh, the tattoo is finished up, and she's made an elaborate dot work portrait of this. Uh, Sort of brass bull charging into a field with a bunch of sort of knights on their cavalry on their horses and whatnot. And uh, he is incredibly happy with it as he looks in a mirror and thanks her and then hands over some coin in a pouch and then uh, heads off into the street. She just kind of gives you a look and is like, Do you have an
0: appointment for today or? Uh, I would say, no, uh, I don't. I'm actually here to talk to you about another thing. Uh, I would show her the tattoos that I've got, and I'd say, I I can feel some sort of strange, because I haven't actually used any of their abilities yet. Um, I would say, I've got some strange, uh, like, magic-type feelings coming from these tattoos that I have, and uh, that's something that I'm very interested in, you know, exploring more and seeing what I can do with that. Uh, so I would love for you to, uh, you know, take a look at the tattoos that I've got. And if you are needing any kind of help uh, at all here at the shop, I, w- I would love to help you out and learn some of your technique. Ah, yes, the old tattoo intern. <laughs> yes, exactly. But well, I'm thinking later on, no spoilers, uh, but I'm seriously, I, I love that tattoo alchemist. And that's that's one of the things that I'm looking at getting into at some point. Yeah, awesome. Uh, she would
1: sort of give a nod, looking, kind of standing up and like lifting your sleeves up and looking at all your tattoos and inspecting anywhere you say, and says uh, this is interesting work. What was the medium that was used to create this?
0: I would say um, just standard tattoo ink, but uh, I came through a magic portal thing at some point, and I think it became infused with some sort of magic. It seems like I've been able to, when I'm running, run a lot faster without any more effort. And uh, the last potion that I drank uh, seems to have, you know, done a fantastic job, a lot better than what was expected. And I kind of have a sense of knowing... Oh, no, wait, we got rid of that effectively, the unlocking doors. So, um... I just I'm able to run a lot faster without getting tired, and when I do drink potions, they they seem to work a lot better than normal.
1: Ooh. Warriors do come to me with their heritage, they their culture. They believe that the tattoos do give them power. I have some experience with creating artworks of this nature if you would assist me that would be great I haven't had an intern for 20 years that's say.
0: yes I, I would be more than happy to to help out and, and you know I'm, I'm not going to you know ask for payment or anything like that I, I just want to learn some of what you are doing so that you know I can maybe explore with trying to unleash some more potential out of these tattoos that I do have she kind of gives a nod sort of putting her hand to her
1: chin and looking over your uh, magical ink a few more seconds. It's like, so long as you allow me to study your artwork a little more,
0: perhaps. Yes, uh, any, any time.
1: She gives another nod and says, um, perhaps in a week time we can start our lessons and you can allow me perhaps 20 or so minutes to... Give a more detailed look over what exactly is happening within the ink that is in your skin. Uh, Yeah, I will return in a week. Thank you. She kind of motions over your shoulder and a uh, halfling uh, woman looks barely of age to get a tattoo in the real world, (laughs) but uh, comes through and uh, derobes herself, sitting down, and you see that from pretty much just below neck to toe, is completely tattooed. She kind of gives you a look over the shoulder and a little wink, uh, gets some more work done on her.
0: I I would blush because it doesn't take much to make me blush, so I would turn bright red and say, oh, wait, I have a mask on. I would turn bright red under my mask and then uh, (laughs) walk out the door.
1: Before you go, she'd uh, put her hand out to you and say, for a handshake, and say, uh, my name is Batari. What is your name? Uh, my name is Bob. Uh, it's fantastic to meet you. She gives you a nod and then turns back around and continues on her tattoo.
0: Awesome. From there, uh I said, I'm going to do the one gold at the temple, and probably at that point, I'm going to start cracking down on getting the uh, guild stuff put together. So um, I probably would also feel bad about not getting my horse out for a while. Um, oh, wait, wait, I would have gotten that wagon after helping, the uh, Raven Queen, wouldn't I? That was, uh, they said I had a wagon or something like that I could get after I finished that quest, correct?
1: Yes, indeed.
0: Awesome. Then, uh, having totally forgotten about that, I would go get my horse, Apona, and, um, head over to the, the wagon, and I would spend the rest of the day getting it all cleaned up and fixed up, and, uh, ready to start petitioning members uh the next day i'm sure i probably would have already asked Cherno about it but uh <laughs> i would petition to to ask absolutely everybody else and make a royal pest of myself um trying to get folks into the adventure the uh the
1: wood that the wagon's made of is fairly dark it looks like a not like dark like brown but almost like a grayish color it doesn't match anything that you know within like the natural world anyhow but it is a decently made car. It's not uh, huge by any means, but it definitely suits exactly what you're needing it for.
0: Awesome. Yeah, since I have that bag of holding, I'm not super concerned about the space, but I would, uh, yeah, start getting it cleaned up and, and uh, ready for use as a guild vehicle. So I would um, probably try to find some sort of white paint or something along those lines, and as carefully as I'm able to, uh, draw out the adventuring guild logo on the side of it with the words "adventuring guild" um, on the side of it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how you could misspell that somehow. Uh, and for,
1: <laughs> for Olman, not on for uh, in the future.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, I'd say uh, sort of enough paint to coat the outside. It only costs you like two two uh, copper pieces. Oh, awesome. And I won't make you roll for the Adventuring Guild logo. You probably have had enough experience with the Adventuring Guild logo in real life to where you could sufficiently paint it on the exterior of something without much issue. Awesome.
0: Yeah, I would say it definitely doesn't look super artistic by any means, but I figure once we get an actual artist to join the guild, I'll let them redo it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah, and I would just spend, like I said, the rest of the day doing that. Um... I would get my horse out, take it for a uh, gallop about, and then uh, just head back to the uh, Tinker's Guild later on, go for a run, and call it a night. That would be basically all I want to do a couple.
1: Awesome. Take your horse opponent out for maybe perhaps a run with
0: you. Ooh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, uh, holding on to the reins, uh, trotting. You, know, It's barely clomping next to me as I uh, <laughs> as I run. Oh, I would check on the book to see if uh, the Raven Queen ever responded.
1: Okay, Uh, roll me another D20. I'm
0: liking this D20 a lot more. That was a
1: 14. Uh, You see a few splotches of ink, very small, as if someone had held a quill above and is just sort of uh, thinking upon the answer, but the ink has spilled and sort of dropped down a few blotches across the page, but there is no answer currently.
0: All right, I'll just leave the book there still open and uh, uh, call it a night and check it tomorrow um, upon waking. All right. All right. then I think that's (laughs) about it for this one. Next time we get together, we'll be doing uh, hopefully a group game then.
1: Yeah, perfect. I can't wait. Uh,
0: Yeah. Thank you very, very much, Braden, for running uh, through this with me. And uh, hopefully I won't sound as much like a frog tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much, Braden. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Chaos Plan. If you would like to join the show and help support our podcast, please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com adventuringguild. And if you'd like to know more about the show, find our rules, downloads, maps, character sheets, etc., visit our website at www.theadventuringguild.com.